going to take it. Got it! Boston wins! Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. All right, welcome in another edition of the Ryan and Goodman podcast coming to you from uh, beautiful Massachusetts, uh, where it is not snowing right now. Sun's Uh, out. Robert, how was your weekend? Weekend was fine. I uh, did some college basketball watching. I started out the weekend in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, my alma mater. I watched them play a game and uh, went to a class. And then because, I mean, hey, if you're in town and Ryder's playing Fairfield and it's one mile down the road and you haven't been to that gym in 57 years, I figure every 57 years or so, you need to take a visit to the alumni gym at Ryder and uh, saw a game there. That was that was fun. Uh, you know, Ryder came from behind and, and won by 16 going away. But uh, anyway, that was that. And then I watched the Super Bowl uh, last night with my grandson and my wife. And, uh, you know, I, a good game, enjoyable game. I had no no dog in the hunt. I was OK with whatever happened. And, uh, you know, I, more. Hey, Pat Mahomes, you're for real. All right. I, I don't think anybody doubts that. So it was a fun game anyway. And I watched uh, my, actually my basketball highlight of the weekend, though, Jeff was watching Iowa and Illinois. Yeah, hell of a game. Iowa's really, really good. You know, they've had one of their better players, Jordan Bohannon, go down for the yeah. year at about the 10-game mark. They got a kid, Luca, Luca Garza, who has emerged. He might be the front runner for National Player of the Year. Can absolutely score the basketball. Yeah, Garza, uh, he's a double-double machine now. And you got to love him. You know why? Because he can score in the post, Bob. You must love Garza. Oh, there's lots of post play between he and Kofi Coburn and, and uh, the, the unpronounceable Georgian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I just call him Georgie. Yeah, it, the it, unpronounceable Georgian. His story, we should actually have him in the pod at some point. Whoa. His story is beyond amazing. Uh, Georgie grew up in the country of Georgia and uh, the background, didn't shower for weeks at a time. Didn't uh, his mother moved to wait? He was four, Ooh. and he didn't see her again until he was fourteen. Oh. Uh, his story is absolutely amazing. I've, I've I've talked to him about trying to get him, yeah. um, and, you know, and, to tell it all. But I know in, in the Blue Ribbon that he's got a, 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 he's a dance he's got dancing capabilities of some sort. Doctor J uh, movie head and another you know another chip on the resume. It's great. So anyway, that was a really good game. That was a good college basketball game. And the kind of game that reminds, you know, that, that that I like to emphasize why I love college basketball. You know, all those guys aren't going to be playing, getting getting paid to play, although there's European possibilities, I'm sure, for a lot of them. And these guys who, who are, you know, tweeners or, or, or this step slow, or that, but it, they, they know how to play the game a little bit. And how, how hard does Illinois play? I mean, there was They're one good. there was one sequence, uh, Jeff, I'm sure you remember the, the back to back possessions. They scored on the third chance. Yes, back to back possessions. Yep. Now that's that's hitting the glass. <laughs> the 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 highlight of my uh, my week since I last uh, since we last spoke, Bob, was surprising my father for his seventy seventh yes, birthday. Yes, in the softball game. Did you see that? Did oh, you see yeah. that? Love the softball game. So my my dad used to play fast pitch softball in Newton, mm-hmm. but he was only a pitcher, and and they threw under you know threw underhand and sure. and he didn't hit. So he had a DH for him, so he never hit. So now he's 77, and he's got a hit. And uh, so he, he struggled a little bit, so I kind of worked with him on a swing before the game. 
and he got two hits, uh, two good hits in front of me. They they called me into umpiring duty Uh-oh. out of the field, which was fun. You know, bunch of got there was a ninety two year old uh, playing oh. in the game, mm-hmm. and and anybody over eighty, Bob, has to wear a special yellow hat, which means they can't get doubled off. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so the, the the rule it was just it was fun. It was great to spend a, a couple of days with my dad down in Florida. Uh, watch him get a couple hits and uh, and go out for dinner with them. Uh, you know, my my mom and my dad, and you know, you know how it is. Family time. Uh, you know, especially again when they're getting a little bit older. You know, you 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 do those things. You surprise them. Uh, you make sure you're there for for those. You know, whether it's birthday, anniversaries, whatever you can. Sure. No, it's nice. Great. Good for you. That's good. That was- and, and I think in in the wake of of everything that happened, even with Kobe Bryant at forty one, it 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 gives you a not that you need a different perspective necessarily. No, but it's overblown. Yeah. Sometimes I think uh, again, it, it takes something to remind you, right? I think more than anything else, and I think that's what um, Kobe's passing at forty one years old and with his daughter, um, you know, did for a lot of people. It just you know sometimes you forget for a little while. No, you're right. You're right. So speaking of Kobe, yeah, the tribute. I mean, it's it's a never ending. It truly is never ending, and I uh, I'm not mocking I'm not mocking this. I'm just saying it, it's amazing that the the uh, uh, emotion attached to this whole thing. Um, it, it is phenomenal, and and of course, there still has yet to be any announcement about an actual formal memorial of any kind, which people were speculating uh, will have to be held in the L.A. Coliseum if they want to have accommodate all the people that would want to come. I mean, all, no kidding, all kidding aside, you know, they don't know what they're going to do to accommodate uh, or, or how you restrict it, you know. Uh, but anyway, that, that's the TBA from Vanessa down the road. Yeah. But uh, it was an amazing week uh, nationwide, worldwide. What, uh, what did you think of, I, I was blown away, not surprised at all by LeBron. And when he when he took, took the mic, you know, I've, I've been around LeBron enough for the last 15 years, mm-hmm. more than mm-hmm. 20 years, Whoa. 20 years now was the first time I probably met LeBron. He was probably 14 years old. So I've always known the, the maturity, um, yeah. you know, just kind of, you know, the way he can um, take a moment like that and, 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 and appear very, very mature for a guy that you, you, you might not expect to be that way, but he's always had that. But I think he's gotten that bad rap, Bob, because of how he made the decision, right? Everybody killed him for uh, the decision. You know what? We're coming it was up a long time th- ago, and he was listening to the wrong people. We're coming up to the 10th anniversary of the yeah, decision. Let right. it go, folks. Let, let it, it go. go. Is anybody right. that won't let it go, I feel, uh, I don't want anything to do with you. I mean, I, I, I didn't like the decision. None of us liked the decision, but I think he has made proper amends for that thing time and again, and it's 10 years. Let it go. Yes. Um, he's proven himself of who he really is, where his heart is, where his head is, where his common sense is, all, all that stuff. Uh, come on, you know? So I thought that- the, the entire tribute was was done with class by the Lakers. I, I really did. I, I thought it was it was just well done. It wasn't overdone. I actually thought the ESPN pregame was a little bit lengthy, a little bit much for me. Uh, I would have been uh, happier with just kind of, you know, to me, again, tributes. Make it about tributes. And I thought Maria Taylor did one on, on Kobe's team that he coached, the Mambas, mm-hmm. um, with, with all the girls, certainly – um, those that that uh, didn't make it in the in the plane crash in the helicopter crash, uh, I would have I would have liked more of that. And I thought they had too many people on the desk. Like Paul Pierce to me, just added very little. 
Well, very well. ESPN has a habit of overloading the desk. I mean, and, and everybody, you know. So, um, what can I say? I'm, I'm not that. That's they, they ought to work on that. No, but I thought what happened in in, in uh, Staples was, um, you know, t- really appropriate. And and uh, when when LeBron decided, okay, no, I got a script. The hell with, uh, you know. Um, and it was it was a great moment. I thought uh, there's no question. Um, but uh, so yeah, I mean, but it's, it's far from this is far from over, if you will. You know. Yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, listen. We got the All Star Game. You know that's going to be uh, another Kobe tribute. Couple weeks, and yeah. then the Whopper all down the road is going to be the Hall of Fame, where he will be. No the doubt, ghost. he will be the ghost star of the Hall of Fame. And, it, and that's I, the part that you know. I, I was so looking forward, and I haven't been in a couple of years. I don't go every year for the Hall of Fame. I'll go in the ones that that I really want to um, go to. It's not that far down the road, but um, this one was one I circled to try to you know. Take my father, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Take him for this one. And, you know, Kobe, uh, KG, Tim Duncan. I yeah. mean, this is going to be one for the ages. It's the best and, and place ever. And it, it'll still be I, one I, for I, the I, ages, yeah. Bob. But but it's going to miss something. I mean, uh-huh. not to not have Kobe Bryant go up there and talk. I mean, I I, I don't know what it's going to be like, I mean, in, in, in late August. I know, and I don't either. And I, I, it's almost already starting to feel sorry for the other two who, yeah, they're going to get their moment. But it's something, it's just going to be weird and different than it was. Yeah. And anyway, that's down the road. I mean, that's that's in late, the late summer, <clears throat> but it is going to happen. So, uh, you know, just to tell you, I'm, I'm sure that what I witnessed on Friday night at, in Lawrenceville, New Jersey at the Ryder uh, Fairfield game uh, was, was something that uh, uh, they're doing all over the country. But here's what they did there. Uh, the the, the Ryder staff and the entire team and the coaching staff had T-shirts, uh, purple T-shirts with 24 in the front, eight and Mamba forever yep. exclamation yep. on the back. Was that a common thing around the country? Do you know? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think so. I think That's a lot a, of them did it. T-shirt, and then yeah. uh, and then they – uh, arranged them in a circle around the around the midcourt circle for the anthem, and uh, and uh, they knelt for the anthem. By the way, and uh, uh, no, yeah, with, for for this. But anyway, that's what they did. And then the coaching staff wore their shirts for the whole game. And so that's what they did. And I, I was thinking, well, this has got to be going on all over the country. So yeah, I, I think it is uh, for the most part. Um, I don't know. Has BC had a? I'm going to the BC Duke game tomorrow what? night. I'll see you there. I'll be there. I don't know if they've had a home game since. They, put, uh, they won at Carolina. I, I don't, I'm trying to think what else. I think they lost the game last week. Oh, at Syracuse? No, that was before. Anyway, they won at Carolina. No, I don't know. But there'll be Duke tomorrow night. Of course, Duke is where he would have gone, by the way, if he had right. chosen to go to college. But uh, any. Yeah. So Friday Friday night, um, amid that, the, the, the celebration uh, of sorts for Kobe at the, at the Staples Center, um, Damian Lillard kind of stole oh. the show on the court, which he has done plenty of lately. How about these numbers? Ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Six-game six span. He's had three 50-point games. Uh, he is averaging uh, 45 and 10 over that the six games, the first player ever to do such. He has made 49 three-pointers, which yes. sets a record. I think Steph had the record uh, prior to that. Um, and, and shooting a sizzling 57 percent from three over that span have you ever bob i mean i assume you have at some point seen a scoring display like this but not from long range no no uh, it's all different. Know, we will will did this though obviously it's, didn't he will did will right. did which was a radically different uh you know for people oh yeah well you know well of course his, his radius was he did have a turnaround jumper which they all wanted everybody wanted them to take 
because they hoping they were hoping he would make the first one of the game and then fall in love with it and just keep taking it, you know, because he wanted to show the world he was not a freak seven footer and he was a great athlete, which he was. But the fact is, Wilt's damage was in the you know three four foot radius in a basket. Yes, Will had average fifty point game for fifty points for the season, a sixty one sixty two. So naturally, he had a bunch of a run like this. But I'm thinking about all the other uh, below center scores that we've known yeah. and. And you know, uh, nobody's ever had a run. Uh, I don't. I don't remember anything. It's like a guard. Yeah, you know, I mean, Michael. I'm sure Michael had some good runs. I'm sure Kobe had some good runs. I'm sure. Um, you know, but but this is all of a sudden. You know, I always think of he and of, of Lillard. You know, and McCallum as a pair, as a you know, as yep. twin, as twin players. You know, that's right. But, uh, but Lillard, in this one, he separated himself a little bit. But that backcourt. I wrote a thing about this for Basketball Times. This backcourt is among the you know handful of most potent backcourts in the history of the game. You know, every night, every night, uh, Lillard and, and McCallum, they, they are uh, history-making, uh, uh, it's a history-making backward. But what Lillard is doing now, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, it is. It's, you it's, know what's cool? You know what's the best part of this backcourt? Is Weber State and Lehigh. Oh, that's, the, I, I, that's I, the best part of them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. We're very definitely. Weber, no, Weber, got to remember, Weber, they go back to uh, Willard Sojourner. But they... You got me with Willard Sojourner. He was a six nine, six ten guy. Played for the Hawks, but they also had back in the day before we got used to all these names. When names, you know, when when now you know any name that someone has, but they had one of the great backcourts names of the fifth of the sixties: Sessions, Harlan, and Justice Thigpen. Ooh, that's a good name. That a good one. That was that was Weber. That's when I first discovered Weber. And of course, you know who the coach was, Dick Mott. Oh, that's right. He came out. Dick Mata, who had a progression, he's one of the few guys. He coached junior high school, high school, junior college, and college, and NBA. <laughs> in a, cool. All the way up the ladder. That's pretty, Not many guys have that, you know, that that kind of progression. So the, the first time I ever saw Dame Lillard in person, I'd obviously followed him throughout his, his college career. But so back in 2012, I was working for CBS, maybe? Or Fox? I don't know. I just made the One move. Those networks, yeah, you know. I, I forget. I remember this stuff. I've been in enough of them. I forget <laughs> now. So they they didn't allow all the media into the NBA Combine. So I was like one of two oh. media people that was allowed <laughs> into the Combine to watch. Oh. Now, they allowed the media to talk to the players after the sessions, but only a couple people were allowed to watch. So I was in there, and I watched – um, the best shooting display I have ever seen at an NBA combine. Not even close from Dame Lillard. It was incredible. And all the NBA guys are there, and I'm like, oh, my God, this kid is going to jump up uh, the draft boards, which he did. Uh, and, and he's been – I mean, listen, he's been terrific over the course of his career in Portland. The problem is, again, he's in Portland. And Portland's had a lot of injuries this year. You know, Zach Collins went down. They've had other guys go down. Nurkic has been hurt. So now you look at that game, and, and I watched, and I was shocked to see who was starting for Portland in that game. Wenyon Gabriel, New Hampshire's own. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, he was starting in that game, which kind of shows you how many injuries that, that Portland has gone through. And they've never really been able to have that front court of the last couple of years to really support Lillard and, and C.J., I think if Zach Collins had stayed healthy, like he might have been that guy. He's got that toughness even coming out of Gonzaga, and he was certainly making strides. But so much is on Lillard and McCollum uh, to do it every single night. And even well, Dame said, like, he's never had this type of run in him. It's kind of – and he was struggling this year, Bob. Huh. 
Uh, and they, they are five and one in this stretch too, which is uh, interesting. And, but I, I just keep staring at these numbers. Yeah. Jeff, I mean, <laughs> I mean they, they really are. I mean, they, these are Wilt 61, 62 numbers and, and for a, a guard and, uh, you know, more power to them. It's, I mean, but tell you, know, but the game, this is so much representative, as you said, of the game, as we know it at 2020 with, with all those threes, uh, nightly, uh, you know, uh, what is it? It's setting a record now for consecutive games with six made threes. I mean, all these records of people unearthing, you know, and, and don't get me started on age ones now. Yeah, we don't, I don't want to hear age groups, age, age groups, but but anyway, more power to them. It's great. It's one of the highlights of the NBA season. Really I is. like Dame too. I like him as a as a as a guy because there's kind of no nonsense with with Damian Lillard. He says it the way it is. Doesn't apologize for anything. And the other part with Damian Lillard, it's interesting, Bob. I know you've got all his uh, – you listen to all his, his rap songs, right? Big <laughs> I missed, rap songs. Missed, I missed a couple. <laughs> you missed a – we're going to have them. You know, maybe we'll play one next week for you so you can catch up on Dame Lillard, the, yeah, the rapper. I mean, I'm out of the loop. I'm sorry. And I'm then sorry. maybe the following week you can do a little rap for us on here. What do you think? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. You'll work work on that. All right. Uh, All-star game uh, reserves were named. Um, It was interesting. I mean, Jason Tatum uh, got it. Your boy Savotis got his first. I'm happy about that. Tatum. That was expected, I thought. Yeah, with Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo was the biggest surprise for me. Deserving, but I just didn't think he'd make it. No, before the season, certainly he wouldn't have been somebody you would have had on it on that list at all. And, you know, but he's, he's been consistently good. And the team has been, you know, one of the more interesting surprise teams in the league uh, uh, this year, no question. And uh, yeah. So, but my, my, and before we even, uh, I specifically talk about any specifics, I just, uh, I I hate, there's a verb, a word, a four letter word that I detest. Yeah. It should be banned. It should be banned from all stories about all-star games and every sport forever. No one is snubbed. You have hard choices to make. Decisions are made almost invariably difficult, almost invariably a coin flip would probably be just just as good as deciding it as however it is to be decided. So I don't want to hear about snubs. You know, no no one's snubbed. People just are, uh, there's always so many spots and there's more deserving people than there are spots in any sport at any time. So let's ban the word snub. Now, where were we? Having said that, Having said that, is there anybody uh, that did not make it that you would have put in the all-star game? Like you said, it's splitting hairs for the most part. A deep, 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 deep thought to it. I know we have the issue in Boston. We had all year long, there was an issue about uh, Jason Tatum and Jason Brown. Uh, Jalen Brown. Brown. They both had, uh, you know, the kind of years that people wanted them. And I won't say expected, but I'll say demanded i expected one of them i didn't expect the other we know what they're capable of and they're showing us what they're capable of and 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 but the celtics do not merit three all-stars i don't think no no. and and kemba was voted in and that's nothing wrong and so yeah i you could replace jason tatum with jalen brown and, and 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 on merit and i can make a devil's advocate argument for either one and I'm, I'm i'm really happy for tatum i'm a bit of a fan of him but i've been a fan of brown too i was a fan of brown from the start and um, you know just well he's got to improve that three-point shot but boy he can he's a defender and he's tough and tough and yeah anyway uh so um, i feel badly for brown he would have liked to have made it uh but i certainly feel that it's justified to put tatum on that team here's the thing with me why i would go tatum over jalen brown is is tatum is clearly the better offensive player we would agree with that Yes. And more skilled, better offensive player. 
he's been the better defender this year. Yeah, than he Jalen Brown. Yeah, yes. And, and that's where the biggest uh, well, surprise for me, and I joke with him about it all the time because he couldn't guard anybody uh, when I first saw him, and he didn't guard really anybody at Duke. Uh, but he's become a really good defender, and he should be. He's smart. He's got the length. He's athletic. Um, so I, the the one guy that I think is a tough one to leave off in the East, but his team doesn't win is Bradley Beal. Oh, yeah. He's carrying that franchise. There's nothing around him. He's averaging like 29 and 6. But again, they haven't won enough. So how much do you put, if you're if you're choosing the All-Stars, Bob, how much do you put into winning over uh, numbers? Not as much as maybe other people would get a guy like that. And um, it's a, and he, he, it, his, he is a glaring one, I agree. And um, so this, But who do you put him in over? That, yeah. That's my, my question to anybody. Is you're going to put him in... Over Bam Adebayo, over Doma Sabonis, over Tate, you know, like. You're not putting him in over Sabonis. No, not for me. Not for you. No Just way. You're, you're, not you're, him you'd in have me. Sabonis starting. I'd have his father in the game if I could, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you really would. Hey, I got a good story. I got a good story about the elder Sabonis, about oh. Arvidas. So I'm doing a Gonzaga game. I think it was at the Garden I'm doing sideline. It was. It was at Madison Square Garden uh, maybe like five years ago. And, uh. And Sabonis, Arvidas is up kind of halfway up um, in the stands. And I said, all right, you know, I'm going to – I forget who I asked, but I asked somebody. I said, I'm going to go up and see if we can interview him during the game about his kid. And uh, and so I go up. I start talking to him. I ask him. And he basically uh, acts like he, he can't understand English at all, to me, <laughs> that he's not going to do it. And I was told it was it was complete BS. He understands oh, yeah, English yeah, well enough. Are you kidding Right? He does. I know he does. So he he didn't want to do the interview, which was fine. Um, It was kind of like, so down in Florida, I saw, I'm I'm like 99.9% sure um, we were at a, uh, an outlet mall, outdoor outlet mall in Jupiter. And we saw Rod Stewart, Mm -hmm. uh, my parents and I. So I didn't go up to him, but I'm like, it's him, you know, the hair, it's pretty recognizable. (laughs) So somebody else went up to him outside and he said it wasn't him. No. And I'm like, that's complete bullshit. It's him. He just doesn't want to, you know, have a bunch of pictures taken of him. And then my mom looked and he's playing in like, uh, he's playing a concert in like Hollywood, Florida, like two days later. So it's, it's Rod Stewart and uh, Arvita Sabonis could have done the damn interview. One of my great regrets, I know, I, I, is that as, as a basketball fan, is I never got to see the 17, 18, 19 year old Arvita Sabonis, who before he got hurt, before he hurt he, both Achilles, or both at least, yeah, before he uh, had a little too much uh, vats of vodka, you know, <laughs> but before all that, uh, they said it was, he was best described by people as Bill Walton with a three pointer. Oh, now, think unbelievable. That. Imagine that. Walton is arguably the best passing center of all time, and and imagine that. And but um, anyway, the kid is is a was a fundamentally sound player. I you know dare, dare I say that without sounding no. You know, listen, the kid the kid is my favorite big man to come through college in the last ah, ten years. I like to hear that. I like he's to hear the that. best, and because he doesn't give a shit about anything but playing hard and winning, Bob. Yeah, doesn't yeah. care. I saw him make. 65 threes in an NBA workout. Hmm. And I went up to him after that and I said, I didn't know you could shoot threes. Like Mark <laughs> few didn't let you shoot the three. He looked at me. He's like, that was bad. 
like 65, like I should have made 75. And I'm like, yep, that's, that's DeMontis Savonis, man. Like, and, and that's what he's showing now. He's just, he's a winning player with winning DNA who plays hard. And uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what the Pacers do now with Oladipo back. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, they've been pretty good without him. They were. And uh, you add a healthy, and it's going to take him a while to take the, shake the rust off. But can the Pacers be a legitimate player uh, come postseason to win the East? Maybe. Well, uh, we've got, well, I don't know. I wouldn't go, I don't know if I want to go that far, but I think yep. they're going to provide their fans with their money's worth. I'll just put yeah, it back. Maybe they next year. Been, they have been doing that. And now with this, with, with Oladipo back, you know, that the, the, um, the situation, the, the thing looks good. The East is interesting, you know, yeah. beyond Milwaukee. There's a lot. I got to, we got to throw this out. You know, I know we're, yeah. Hey, Toronto's won 11 straight when we weren't looking. Toronto, <laughs> no, man. I was nurse. I know I wasn't, but, uh, those, those guys are, are classic. They've been unbelievable. No, oh. they've been unbelievable. Nick Nurse has done an incredible job. You know, Siakam's back, which helps. He missed some time, and he's deserving of, of the all-star uh, The oh, all-star not there. He's terrific. But, you know, again, it's a team. It's a team. They play together. They're not playing for uh, necessarily all-star game births or their numbers or their money. Uh, Siakam sets the tone with Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet, and those three are all about winning. Fred Van Vliet is a you talk about a uh, a, a cerebral, intelligent, uh, minded all those things. I mean, just just heady, savvy. Yep. Like we can go on and on and on. But uh, I, I loved him in, in Wichita, and and uh, he's. Uh, I, I'm sure there were some doubts about his level of athleticism. You know, uh, you know, very much like Eric Brunson and and. Uh, and um, but who was by the showing the world he can play as well. Uh, Jalen Brunson, I mean, I'm sorry. Jalen Brunson. And, and yep. yeah. And um, but anyway, I uh, love fan Fred Billy. And the other they got they got Ananobi back. Remember, they didn't have him. Oh gee. Oh gee. No doubt. No, they got him back. How and, about the fact that Bob on Sunday, yesterday, they get 31 points from an undrafted rookie named Terrence Davis out of Old Miss. This is Nick Nick Nurse. Yep. Well, you know, it's funny. I was in Des Moines, Iowa. The day he was named as the coach of the Iowa Energy of the CBA. <laughs> yep. And, you know, he's got a wonderful, I mean, his background is European uh, yeah. a, a lot, not exclusively, but, you know, obviously people, when he, you know, was named as coach of the, uh, the Raptors, 90% of basketball, you had to be a real basketball junkie yep. to yep. know who Nick Nurse was. Let's be honest. Most people yeah. positively, yeah. absolutely said, who? You know, and and, and figure that's one reason why they won't be able to win, right? Because you got this rookie coach nobody knows. Well, he's showing people. That's can, can they hang on? You think they can hang on for the second best record in in the East or no? I don't mean they've been. I think there's a. I'm going to use that R word. They appear to be resilient. Yes. And I like their mental. I I think they're playing. There may not be a team in the league playing with a bit bigger boulder on the shoulder to show the world. You know, after they lost Leonard. That uh, they we're still damn good, you know. It wasn't just all him, of course. He would, you know. I just think they're on, they're on a mission. You know, that's another. I'll use the M word. Yeah. So I'm, all these uh, these code words, right? But I, I why not? Unless well, they get unless somebody, you know, and Lowry gets hurt or Siakam gets hurt. Okay, but if they don't, why not? Those two guards are the ultimate chip in their shoulder, guys. Right? <laughs> they're both small. They're not super athletic. Van Vliet and Lowry. People questioned them at every single yeah. turn. I mean, I remember seeing Lowry in 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 a high school in high school, and saying the the coach sitting next to me was Joe Jones, mm-hmm. who was the Villanova assistant at that point. 
now is at BU head coach. Yes. And and Joe and I both kind of agreed that day. We said he's not good enough to play at Villanova. Now they took him, and they he's pretty had, damn good. They had the four guard team at one point. Yes. He was not, you know, with Archie Diacono and then uh, anyway, they had four. Of it was them. actually before. So this group was before Archie. It was Kyle Lowry. It was uh, Randy Foy playing the four. Yeah. It was Mike Nardi and That's Alan it. Ray. Those were the Mike four Nardi. guards. Okay, right. And and uh, and he was not the one anybody would have chosen uh, to, right. to be uh, in the NBA. And no, it. Randy Foy was the guy that people thought would be, you know, the NBA star if there was going to be one. But give Kyle Lowry credit. You know, they paid him a lot of money. People question that whether they overpaid Kyle Lowry, but uh, certainly looks like it's paid off in in, in dividends right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. All so, right. So. The, let, let's end on a on a on a more uh, negative. I don't know if negative is the right word, but the Philadelphia 76ers. and uh, they are a, a an enigma, aren't they? And, and yeah. uh, Brett Brown is is he's got his hands full here with this one because this team, and I said this going into the season, they just don't fit together, Bob. They don't fit together. when you've got a front line of Joel Embiid of Al Horford and Tobias Harris. Mm. They just don't really fit. They're, they got a bunch of good defenders on their team, uh, but the, not enough shooting. And they, they go to Boston, and they, they get kind of drilled over well, the weekend. Well, they got drilled that night, which is, you know, because Celtics were playing hard uh, because they didn't want to get swept. Uh, they no Kemba, though. No and Kemba. That, and the no Kemba. And the last time they played, MB went crazy. He had 38 points uh, and uh, against them. And... Um, uh, they were they were ready. Celtics were damn ready for that game. I, I, and they jumped right on them. It was twenty two to eight, I believe, early, and 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 they didn't let up, didn't put the pedal up the metal the whole game. Yeah, right. Philly, a lot's expected of Philly, and uh, there's pressure on Philly. Uh, uh, and I think in Philly to produce, uh, people were expecting a lot of this group. Uh, and then of course there's Embiid himself. You know, of course, number one, you got to stay healthy. And and uh, but uh, I, you know, Al was supposed to solve some ills for them. Al Horford. Um, you know, I. I you know, I'm not. I don't know how to. You, you tell me. I mean, what what is it? Uh, is, is, is there anything he should be doing, or is it he's just playing his game and they're not, you know, complimenting? I, I think. Listen, I think again, there's a reason why Danny Ainge didn't want to give him uh, a ton of years on the contract because they knew the drop off was going to happen. And and I'm not sure. Listen, Al's still a good player. Al's still <laughs> a very good player. Um, but is he worth that money? And does he fit with? Tobias and Joel, um, and then again when you have Ben Simmons who who doesn't shoot it and won't shoot it, uh, how does that? It's hard to play with a point guard like Ben Simmons anyway these days in the NBA when you don't shoot it. Ben Simmons is is an all star. He's a terrific talent. He's the fastest six nine dude that I've seen in a long long time from end to end, and a great passer. But it's hard to play in the court these days uh, when you're playing four on five in a sense that they can pack it in against you. Yeah. No, his, I've always been intrigued and, and uh, irritated, frankly, by yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, and, it's hard. It's frustrating. And after that rookie year, I said, okay, they got to make, they said, look, Ben, uh, here's the deal. You're going into the gym in the summer. We're locking it for three hours a day. And you're taking a thousand jump shots a day and, and, and a thousand three pointers. Yeah. And, and that's that because this is 2020 and it's, it's kind of cute and funny that what you did, but it, it can't go on. And now he's in the all-star game and he's had, he, he gets some triple doubles and everything else, but you know, he could be better. Well, again, it just, or at just, some point, yeah. yeah, at some point it's going to hurt your team. If you can't and won't shoot a three, if you can't keep defenses honest 
from the perimeter. Again, it's going to clog up and make it harder for other guys because they're not going to have the space to operate. So that that's the downside when Ben Simmons refuses uh, to take threes. Oh, uh, I'm just switching topics very, yeah. very quickly. But uh, a gentleman had a very big numerical game last night after a lot of criticism for the first half of the season. And that is my boy Jokic and Jokic. Yeah. And he had 39 and a triple-double last night. And he appears to be playing a lot better. Now, uh, I don't know what's transformed. You know, did, did he go on a diet? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen him. He, he needed to. All I know is that guy, when he, he plays his game, yeah. he, he wins the Bob Ryan Prize. I have a award I give every year, the MUB, the most useful big. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, he listen, he like, can do everything. That then he 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 is the leading leader in the clubhouse for MUB if he's going to play like that. But I mean, you know, we'll see if he can continue. If that's the way it's going to be. Hey, what what's your take? So Embiid, after going one for eleven from the field and and five rebounds in whatever twenty five minutes in a loss, uh, did not speak to the media after the game. As as a media individual here, I've seen it with many guys over the years. Oh yeah, we've all seen that. But right. just, they get but usually to me. It's it's more in the playoffs, Bob. Like to me, it'd be more like in a playoff game. You're so frustrated, but they had they had won their previous three against the Celtics. So he had a bad game in Boston. They lost, big deal. And I told you that he had 38 the last time. Well, for somebody as chatty as him, as 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 social media conscious and 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 eager to show the world what a clever fellow he is and what a witty guy he is. That's, that's a BS move, frankly, to, to clam up after, you know, show some class. I, and one thing I, I never, I've never ceased. Well, I've always said, if you could just get across to all these people, this easiest way to make friends and, and have people think you're one is, is, is fess up, show up yeah. When, yeah. when you lose and, and they'll love you. Period. Just, you know, hey, it wasn't my night. You know, that's just if a stock answer is good enough. You know who was great last night after the game? I don't know if you watched it. George Kittle. Oh, my God. After the loss last night. I I mean, my wife and I were watching and I I just couldn't stop laughing because of how he handled it. And you you could tell how frustrated, how upset he was. He just lost in the Super Bowl. But, you know, he's kind of cracking jokes. And, um, well, you know, he's going to. I wonder how he slept uh, without thinking about how yeah. open he was, and that was that would have that was a huge play when 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 oh. Gypsy missed him in wide open, and uh, you know there which would have kept the route the uh, drive going and who knows you know let's do a couple of what ifs. All right, I'm going to ask you. We're playing. This is a basketball podcast. I yeah. don't care. Pass interference or not? Oh yeah, pass interference. Absolutely, he put his arm out. Oh, yes. So he put it out, and he touched him. He no, touched he more than touched him. Over. Listen, he couldn't have knocked over a five-year-old with that. <laughs> just you know, just because you stick your arm out doesn't mean you're doing damage with that arm. I'm sorry. I know that that's the rule, and I know that everybody's thinking oh, it's a good call. It wasn't. It was a good call by a stupid rule. You got to prove that you really affected the play. He he didn't. He barely grazed him. He didn't separate himself with that. I think there was separation. Think he separated I, I because do. of that. Yes, I think he did. I think I think he's strong enough. I think there was a little bit of separation, enough, just enough uh, for him to be able to make that catch. So yeah, I listen. Uh, I think he was offensive passer. I think it was the right call. All right, listen. I know going I'm back. I know I'm in the minority, but I, going I, back I, to the MB question. Yeah, back to the NBA. Back, back, to I'm my, circling I, back. I needed to get that off my chest. I got to keep you on point here. I got to keep you on point. Um, <laughs> Give me an example. Give, give me an example for you when you got pissed off 
when somebody didn't face the music. Maybe it was did, wow. did Larry Bird ever do that? Did Kevin McHale ever do that? Did they ever go in and run out uh, behind Causeway Street? Without talking. Maybe early on, uh, okay. a little, but not as he aged. Uh, he got better and he figured the media out and 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 lived up to that responsibility. The Celtics, you remember, had this uh, table, a big table in the middle of their cl- of their locker room. Yeah. Uh, uh, Oak or whatever it was, you know, I mean, and, and that's where Larry would come out and sit on, on a table and be surrounded in a semicircle by people and, and, you know, do his thing, win or lose. Uh, this, this is like the last several years of his career. So maybe early on, you know, um, because yeah, he, he do, but, but in that point, uh, I remember Cedric Maxwell wouldn't talk for a long and of all chatty guys, but he, he really? got, he went to a sulk one year. He, he didn't talk for a lot of the year. You know, you know, oh, one of drove me crazy because he had uh, at the time is Pedro Martinez, of all things, took created some slight at one point that was ridiculous and and didn't talk to us for a while. And and uh, and, you know, it it ended after a while, but it was like a couple, you know, six, seven starts, you know, something like that. So there's plenty. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I can't let you get away since since Max does a podcast. I cannot let you get away without going further in depth about Max with the media. That one year, you know, he was uh, he he was a little he would you know, he was policy wasn't talking much. And uh, but that was you didn't even bother. You didn't was, even bother going up to Max? I remember how bad it was. No, I think it was it was like standoffish, yeah, for a while. You know, of all people, I mean, Max is a, you know, gregarious, intelligent, you know. That had to kill him, Bob. That had to kill him. But he was angry something. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what. One guy who that never happened was Kevin McHale. He, he, oh, he was, was a quote machine. He was, was a he? definite quote machine was Kevin McHale. Yeah, all those guys. Um, just, how was yeah. Danny? How was Danny oh, back in the Danny playoffs? Was terrific. I miss when Danny got traded. I almost went in the morning. I mean, because at that point, the team was d- d- different. Larry was hurt. The team wasn't winning a whole lot. It's the reason why he was traded to get big men. They got, they got, got Joe Klein and, and Ed Pinckney in that deal. Oh, I remember. Yeah. But, you know, they needed big guys, you know. But Danny, I remember writing about it, talking about it. The most open, uh, honest, and, in, and, and candid and, and insightful guy that they had was at that point for us, you know. Every night with Danny Ainge, so um, uh, you know, I, I yeah, he was he was really good. He was very much missed at that point. Yeah, I mean, God, I, I don't think guys understand that <laughs> that all you got to do is play the game a little bit. Oh, with us. It's not that hard. One of the best ones I ever saw. I'm going to the 1983 World Series. Mike Schmidt had a terrible series, and they lost in, in, in four games, five games to the Orioles, and he just didn't have a good series. And he sat there and and, and answered every question. Really, five games. I mean, I, 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 you can look up and see what he batted. Not much, and and he won me over just for that. That uh, I said because that he didn't that have was, a great reputation huh? either with the media. That was the that was the uh, uh, you know my introduction to him on a, on a you know a consistent basis of those in that World Series, and I mean I it was a that was the like a textbook of how to do it. Frankly, you know who's the wor- who, who's the worst you ever dealt with with the media? Who who's that guy that just oh, did well, the, the, the ultimate. Everybody would. I mean, this would like. I think it'd be the uh, the the overwhelming choice of anyone who covered baseball in the nineties. Yep. Albert Bell, because Albert Bell was was he scared. He liked to intimidate people. Albert Bell poisoned an entire locker room on a team that that was should have been a very lovable team. The, the Indians team that didn't win the World Series once, but they had that great batting order in the in the nineties, and they had that wonderful team, the Mike Hargrove team. You know, where Manny Ramirez came in as a rookie, batted seventh. The lineup was so good. Bob you're, not, Bob, you're not going to believe. I was at University of Arizona then as a student. I was credentialed from the media. I used to ride my bike from campus, from my, my where I lived, 
all the way to uh, to the ballpark. Every day, somehow they let me be credentialed, and it was the Albert Bell, Jim Tomey, Alomars. Yeah, it was it was a great group. Other than in Albert Joey Bell, I mean, it, uh, he was it, the one guy that, as a I was twenty. Acolyte is like his yeah two guy was Kenny Lofton. Yes, and who and played who played his, point guard at Arizona. He was his yeah two guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah, I saw him in the Final Four. I saw Kenny Lofton that that team. But um, Albert Bell, terrifying, and uh, I mean he he liked to intimidate people. Um, and and how said, was Russell? And, how was how was Bill Russell? The well, deal? I never didn't cover him. But but afterwards, terrific. Uh, he was. Uh, I, I remember that's how I got to know him. He was when he's coaching the Sonics. And and go in and, and talk to him, uh, uh, you know, before a game or, or practice their practice. And he, he was he was ex- excellent. Uh, and you know, oh yeah. And um, so he was. But as a player, um, I, I I think there was it was he was blue hot and cold. I think as a player, you know, for the for, here's for, my homework for you next week. Homework uh, for next week. Let me get it written down here. Write it down, or else we're gonna forget it. The the top five and the bottom five uh, guys to deal with over the years. Okay, we'll both come up with our top five and bottom five. That's our homework for next week. Okay, all right. Very much. Good, good. And with that, uh, another edition of the Ryan and Goodman podcast is in the books. Have a good week, Bob. I'll see you uh, at the BC Duke game. Yeah, BC. Big game. Huge game (laughs) for Jim Christian and the BC Eagles. There you have it.